As an industry, we've made it our business to learn about games, how they work, about their resonance, and their successes or failures. But there's a human side to the industry as well. My name is Paul James, and welcome to Dev Diary, a series that explores and celebrates the incredible feats of the people behind the games as we dive into their stories, the highs, the lows, and everywhere in between. In this episode, I'm joined by Tim Willits, current studio director at id Software. So join us as we explore his journey. So today I'm joined by Tim Willits. How are you, Tim? Oh, I'm good, thank you. How's your time in Australia been, or specifically Melbourne, I guess? Uh, it's been great. I mean, I've always been a big fan of Australia. Um, Melbourne has a lot of charm to it. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and all, the, all the people that I meet here are very, very nice. Good to hear. Um, and what, what's the time entailed so far? We're doing this halfway through day two of PAX, but uh, what's, yes. what's it all entailed so far? You're obviously doing some interviews now. Uh, uh, yes, so, we, uh, um, so we're here, uh, me specifically, to talk about Rage 2. Yep. Uh, we have uh, Rage 2 hands-on playable here uh, at the show floor. So if you have a chance, come down and play it. Um, and then, uh, And then, of course, I'm trying to talk to as many folks as I can about its software. We have Quake Champions Tournament yep. that's happening now as well. So, uh, And then, of course, with Bethesda, with the big 76 launch, I get to yes, kind, of, kind of piggyback on top of their parties, right. which has R- been fun. Ride the wave somewhat. Yes. Um, so this is Dev Diary, and this is a series where we talk to developers about their story and what they've what they've been through to get to the point that they're now at. So I guess the way I kind of want to kick things off is talk about like your first, I guess, gaming experience. Where does it all begin? What were their formative experiences that have gone, this kind of put you on the path? Um, yeah, so uh, so when I was about 11, um, you know, I knew that I wanted to make video games. Uh, but it, because I would, um, you know, had an old Commodore 64 and I would... I would. It's a familiar story, that one. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, I, I learned a little basic and I... Because back then you could buy books that yeah. and you had to actually type in games yes yes and then save them to your your cassette yeah and then, and then go from there <laughs> and then yeah. go from there um but um but more specifically for what i do now it was it was the original doom and uh creating levels for it yes yeah, so you did a little bit of modding work and yes. that kind of caught the attention yep yep there. so um uh id software was working on um a product where they were uh, incorporating um, user-generated levels, which is yes. this is before like way a lot of way, this is days, yeah. we were always ahead of the time, ahead of the curve, and yeah, um, they they were looking for level designers and they contracted me and you know the rest is history. It's been great. It's really been a dream come true. So what do you and even maybe your recollection of some of the conversations there? What do uh, what do you attribute like those levels that you've been creating? What was it about them that you feel that they felt that really kind of um, well, um, um, they were nice and clean. They were um, they were fun to play. Had good balance. Um, I got them done. That's, so uh, I guess that's always a good start. Yes, point. I, yes. I always <laughs> tell I always tell potential level designers, and, and I see these people. They interview with us all the time. Yeah. They have all these levels that are like half done. I hate that. You know, you need as if you're if you want to become a level designer in the industry and you go to an interview. Only bring the levels levels you have done, because that proves to us that you know how to finish things. Finish the job. Because level designers are notoriously bad about not finishing. Because we have it's called design spread. I'll do this and I'll do this. Yes, that sort of idea that's never quite finished in the eyes. Yes, and you get uh, a level sprawl, where you just keep going, adding and adding and adding, and then it turns into a big, huge mess. So level sprawl is bad. So finish all your maps, young map designers. Keep that in mind. Yes. so essentially, the fact that it was done and it worked—it was done. That it was, was, that was nice. the big attracting um, factor, I guess. I delivered it on my time, yep. you know, because they they contracted me to do two levels, and um, I took it very seriously. And I wrapped them up, and they said that I 
that I delivered them on time and they were they were great and they thought that I could potentially you know do this for a living which was awesome and here we are here we are years 23 later years later and still there and still, enjoying every moment of it yeah when I get a chance to and now I do a lot of managerial stuff but when I get a chance to actually do design work it's great it's, it's a lot of fun it's, it's, it's what I what I do well so flashing back I guess before you even um, got the got the role at, at id uh, so you studied computer science and business you got a, uh, yes. you were a grad there at University of Minnesota yes. is that correct yes yes um, and you also spent a bit of time in the Army Reserve yes so um, uh, so I had an ROTC scholarship yep and uh, um, you know so the Army was paying for my my uh, education so literally a couple months before graduating and receiving my commission I, I left to go work at id um, so uh, it was really a big deal because I had to pay the army back my scholarship yes of course yes, yeah, yes. Okay. so I, I, which is I avoided ne- which is never fun the, the, the outgoing funds is never something yes, you necessarily yes. want so I saw so, uh, um, I avoided actually becoming an officer in, in the army by literally months um, but you know what I had a great time and I really enjoyed um, um, you know my time training and going to college and things but you know I don't I don't regret not finishing good uh, that's right. Good to hear. Yes. Um, and again, the rest is history. So. Yes. Um, you've got a long list of credits in your time at, at ID. Uh, mm-hmm. So I've rattled down a few. There's Strife. There's Ultimate Doom. Yes. There's uh, Quake One, Two, Three, Four. You've been lead designer on Doom Three, and I guess by extension the BFG mm-hmm. edition. Um, Rage, Doom, Rage Two. Mm-hmm. Um, are there particular games along that journey that have st- struck out and as as highlights or, um, or things that you've learned th- like have been impactful somehow to your I guess journey as a developer. Uh, so each of the, um, um, you know, each of the games has something special about them. Um, you know, working on Quake Two was amazing because, you know, we only had a few designers and and you know we all the levels that we created and then, you know, so making ends meet. In yes, a lot of ways. Yeah. Yes, because we got the game done fast yeah. in a short amount of time. And then Quake Three was was I still think the, you know, the m- most perfect multiplayer game ever made at the time. Um, you know, but then, you know, Doom it was special because of what we did technology-wise and, you know... Sorry, you're talking I- about the, uh, the most recent, or we're talking way back... Well, uh, well, no, so, like, um, like the, the, the technology that we oh, yes. pioneered in okay. Doom 3. It was, okay, right. it was the first game to really ever fully exploit, you know, the, the full height map, bump map, specular, it, you know, the true dynamic lights, you know, yes. we, we pioneered... Yeah, lighting was something that really struck me when I played that game back in the day, and I, I mean, I didn't have the highest end PC at the time, um, I'm still not the most familiar around that tech, but I, I was really struck by the lighting in particular, mm-hmm. it was something that yes, uh, yes. So, uh, added to the atmosphere significantly, and it was something that was widely commented on, Yeah, but, so, um, so that was each, exceptional. Each game is different, you know. Each, in, each game is special, and they take so long to make yeah. <laughs> that you uh, that there's kind of things in my life that changed and evolved, and um, so it's hard to say what game was my favorite. Um, Were there but, some particular uh, lessons that you learned from particular games that have really kind of like some that have really struck you? Yes, but I'm, I'm, yes, sure, with, I'm a... sure with every game, and even within the development of a single game, there's lots of oh, can't do that again, like those sorts of little lessons. But have there been, has there been some really impactful ones that have carried across the decades that you've been that you've been working? Uh, yes. So recently, I've been talking about when creating a modern game based on a past game. Um, it's really important to capture kind of that spirit and soul of the game. Yeah. 
and um, and then and clearly identify the emotions and the experiences that people had when they played it. And if you can recreate that, then you can build anything on top of it. So um, whereas like you know, Doom Three took a more of a horror, slow paced turn to the Doom franchise, but people still wanted fast action Doom. Yeah, yeah there's yes, that yes. itch that still needs scratching. Exactly, yeah. you know. So, but with what the guys did with Doom 2016. They tapped into that spirit and soul. And uh, I mean, same with Quake Champions, that we tapped into that spirit and soul. Um, and with, um, you know, Quake, I'm sorry, Rage 2, uh, you know, one of the pillars of the game is crazier than Rage. Yep. And, uh, you know, and I've, I've certainly seen that in a lot of the, so I've, yes. like we were saying before we started recording, I haven't actually played it as of the time we do this, but it is my intent within the next 24 hours to do so. Yes. But everything I've seen from a lot of the promo material, I'm, I'm seeing exactly that. Like, it's... That uh, that phrase that's been dubbed in the past, bigger, badder, more badass, those yes. sorts of, and like it's just, yeah, it's really but, looking to deliver on what you're saying there. But maintaining, but figuring the, out what the core of what people liked and enjoyed, and keeping, yeah, and keeping, keeping that, that that's the biggest kind of thing that, yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah, I've learned. How's how's that been? Um, because you're working with Avalanche yes. on this. Um, how's that kind of partnership going? And how, how does that look on a kind of day to day? Given that there's a logistical difference now as opposed to doing it all in house. Um, yeah. So working with the Avalanche uh, team's been great. They have a lot of open world experience that we don't have. So they their just causes and those sorts of things over the journey. Yes, and so um, they approach game design differently than us. Yeah. So I've learned a lot. Um, it's their technology, so it's really allowed us to create what we wanted to do in Rage uh, the Rage 1 but we do it in, in a true open world yeah. so the original game had some great components to it but because of the limitations of the technology they were all kind of separated yes. but now it's all open there's no level loads you just play the game uh, and, and you experience it and it's a it's a much more holistic feeling to the game uh, and I mean the, the demo that you'll play is short um, but when you get a chance to actually play the full game, that open world experience and with that first person combat really is a nice uh, combination. Great to hear. Um, yeah, I have been quite looking forward to it and it's, yeah, it's just a matter of actually getting down there and playing it yes. now. But, uh, so have there been some particularly hard lessons that you've learned over the journey? You know, so we've spoken about some really valuable mm-hmm. ones. Has there been some really... There's always ups and downs with the mm-hmm. development of each game and certainly over, over full careers. Have there been any particularly hard ones that have... Um, uh, I've spoken to people going, oh, maybe like that was almost the moment they stepped away, or those has there, has there been that? Oh, for me, no. I've, I've always loved. Um, That's um, awesome to hear. Yes, yes. I've never even thought twice about it. Someone actually once told me, well, I heard that there was a time when you wanted to leave, and I was like, really? Because um, I've never felt that way. Um, but but one lesson is, don't change new techn- Don't change technology for the sake of changing technology. Focus on meaningful. Yes, focus on the experience and make sure the technology drives the design and experience. That's what I've learned over the years because too many times in the past we've spent a lot of time messing with new technology when we didn't need to. So, uh, and if you look at some of our modern games, um, they're so good uh, because we focused on the experience and the design. Um, instead of just trying to do technology for the sake of doing technology, we yep. still have the greatest technology in the world because we have genius programmers. But but it's it's how it's used. Is yes, the key. And, and you can see it. Yeah. Yes. No, no, you can absolutely yeah. see it. Yeah. And, yeah. Recently in Doom, and what of course. seems to be the case with Rage too as well. Yeah. So yes. Um, are there any particularly treasured memories from the journey at all? Yeah. The, the, the uh, you know particular game going gold, or the like se- seeing review scores for a certain game, or 
yes, sales the, or whatever, whatever it may be, or the announcement of a certain game. Like, have there been a few of those moments that just really, you know, the butterflies in the stomach really strike a chord with you? Um, yes, two, two things. Um, the first one is kind of a larger, but the impact that we have in other people's lives yeah. is really makes everything worth it. Where people tell me that they, you know, met the love of their life playing one of our games and it helped kind of save their life. Um, every story, like just yesterday, I, I had a guy basically tell me that story and how important Quake 2 was to his life, which was great. Um, and then um, the Doom 2016 QuakeCon announcement where, you know, if you know, we like we, we had to do a lot with Doom to get it to where we needed yeah. to. And it was like, oh, are, are they going to pull it off? Yeah, there's, there's a bit of pressure. Right? Yes, and, and then when like it that. came out and people were like, this is awesome. Yeah. It made it all worthwhile. Uh, all, all worthwhile. Um, so um, um, I think those two big things are really kind of kind of what was great for us. How do you find that, that balance? Because obviously there's, you're just listening to you talk now, there's so much passion in terms of what you do. How do you balance that, you know, I don't want to drop that big C word that's been kind of discussed a lot in regards to a few studios recently, the, that crunch word. Oh, the crunch things, word? But, um, which I've gone and done it now. But uh, like, how do you kind of find that balance between that work-life thing and families and all those sorts of things? That, yeah, I mean... Because there's so much passion, so it's also very easy to maybe fall into a trap where you're just suddenly putting... Work and work and work. Yeah, and... Um, uh, no, I mean, I... Um, you need to be, smart. You need to be smart with your time. Yeah. And... Um, and there are some people that, that um, you know, they're, you need to prioritize and be smart with your time. So, you know, I have triplets and I'm married and I brought my wife yeah. here to, to Australia. Is she enjoying Melbourne as well? Yes, yes. She, 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 she's a big fan. Um, so I don't like waste time watching boring TV. Yeah. I don't like waste time, you know, watching YouTube videos and Netflix yeah. at work. Um, so when I'm at work, I work hard. Yeah. Uh, Every when counts. I'm at home, yes, and, and when I'm at home, I I, I, I do what's what's important, and um, everything everything in life you have to do it in moderation. Yep. Otherwise, you can tilt yourself off kilter. So, um, uh, so what I my advice to developers um, is you know strike that good life work balance because we're making video games; it's supposed to be fun. Um, be smart with your time. Uh, plan well and yep. um, and and also deliver on what and what you promise yeah. to deliver on. I guess yeah, that's that's certainly an important thing because that can add a lot of stress to your day to day. I guess. Um, so maybe we'll we'll start talking about the actual products you're here to spruce sure. a little bit more. Uh, so you were talking about Quake Champions specifically, and you're talking about Rage Two. Uh, firstly, when can people expect to get their hands on Rage Two? Uh, yeah, so Rage Two will be available, uh, you know, early next year. Um, we're you know we're real excited about it, so uh, stay tuned for a release date later on. Good to hear. Uh, what have been some of those bigger moments in the development cycle for that? That have what are some of the things that you're most proud of that you're seeing out of that game? And E3. E3. Yes, yeah. the reaction that we had with the game at E3, and having that was the first time people played it. Is that the same sort of idea that what you're talking about with Doom? Because there's a lot of question marks about this. In the case of Rage, it's been so long. Yes. Um, and all of a sudden, okay, here it is. Now we need to kind of. Put our words into action somewhat. Yeah. So, um, so we announced the game prior to E3. Yeah. And then you can go to E3 and play it. Yes. Which was awesome. Yeah. So it wasn't like we announced it and then a year later. Yeah, you were able to, to play to, it. You were able to follow through on it immediately. Yes, because we announced it, people were like, "What? This is crazy!" <laughs> and then, uh, um, and then, they, then like two weeks later, they went to E3 and played it. Yeah. And they were like, "This is actually fun." 
So um, it really worked well for us. It worked so well. Good to hear. Um, so that was great. That was probably the highlight so far. Um, I must say, like that that approach worked on me. Like to be able to like see this trailer and okay, I get an understanding. I think for what they're going for, but, uh, but uh, thinking, oh, I might have to wait a while before I see or hear anything more about this. But then to get that almost immediately, yes, it was fantastic. Yes, and I encourage you to play it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and Quake. And Quake, yes. So we're, um, um, you know, we've been a few, like, what, three months now since we've gone free-to-play. Um, you know, we're still, you know, working on adjustments. Uh, we, we just added Slipgate. Um, CTF is coming in soon. Uh, we're working on, you know, our champion balance. Um, so it's ever-evolving. Yes, yes, yes. Because, it's, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's a live beast. game. Yeah. And, and um, we always make changes, and we add new game modes, and we've, you know, we dropped Athena, new champion, um, and we have Aizen, uh, um, um, uh, sorry, Aizen, yep, the, uh, the, uh, um, the engineer is, is coming soon, and, and, and he's a ton of fun because he's just more of a support character, Yep. so you can drop those turrets, so if you're not yeah, like, okay. like a rail god... You can use. You've got other ways. You got other yeah. ways, which is which is something that we found that we need in Quake because it's, it's like such that a skill. To, yes, yeah. yes, because it's so skill based. Yeah. And modern gamers, honestly, have kind of struggled with the pure skill based game. Yep. So having other ways for people to be successful can help. I mean, someone like myself, who I guess like I review games regularly and those sort yes. of things. The product is that when a game comes out and I, I do whatever coverage needs to be done for mm -hmm. it often something else falls onto my plate shortly afterwards. Yes. So I start to, or maybe I'm diving a little bit into the multiplayer and I'm starting to enjoy it and then all of a sudden that thing comes along and I get dragged elsewhere. I try and return to that game a month later, whatever it may mm -hmm. be, and everyone else has progressed here and I'm languishing back here. But if, if you're talking about like accessibility being the real key there, that, that really is promising to myself and I guess others who are in the same sort of position or like yeah, so, skill, um, that barrier skill-wise, that's really yeah. important. So that sounds good. Yeah, for, for, for Quake... Um, you know, our, it's not really about progression where you level up and you get things. It's about how you personally progress yes. as a player. Your development, yeah. So it is more challenging. And that's why we introduced um, Aizen, the, the engineer, because he's, he's so far to the other side of support. Because we just need ways for people to be more successful if they can't shoot straight. You know what I'm yes. saying? Yeah, of course not. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's a bad way to say it, but that's no, no, but basically... Yeah, you need yes. to provide those scaffolds and that support. So yes. that all yes. makes sense. And I guess one last thing for me, sure. um, because I, I believe it's a point of pride for you. You've never missed a QuakeCon, is that correct? Yes, I yes, I'm I'm I like to brag about is this there, all the is time. Is there anyone else that's in the same position? No, no, there is. Um, uh, so you're not going to let go of this now, are you? You've got to follow through now. For I know, I know. It's uh, well because <laughs> I've been at ID forever, um, and now I'm, I'm I'm fortunate enough to kind of open the show and, yeah. and be like the ID kind of guy. Um, but QuakeCon is such an amazing event. If you ever had a chance to go. It's it's a, a true grassroots with uh, everyone's just so kind of into this game. I think that's the most together. promising thing that you get the communities for specific games and and they're there and they get to talk mm -hmm. about and enjoy and experience the games that they love the most um, and yes. potentially see new things about those games that they love the most. So I think that's really awesome. I think you're doing yes. fantastic work and Ed themselves are doing fantastic work and yes, and we, we've really in the um, in the last few years um, like we are hitting on all cylinders. Um, we have a great team. Um, you know, we're making great games. People are happy. Um, it's no drama. That, you know? that always helps. It's so yeah. nice. It's so <laughs> it's, not... it's, it, 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 it's so nice to be on the on on the positive side of game development. Good to hear. Well, Tim, thank you very much for, yes, for sharing pleasure. your story with us today. And um, 
good luck with everything going forward. Cool. What, cool. what is what is on the horizon beyond beyond the release of beyond? Rage uh, um, oh, uh, sorry, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to flush out an announcement here. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. We'll we'll be working on some cool stuff. Um, you know, again, like I said, our our philosophy has definitely shifted to um, experience and design first, and um, we'll continue to make uh, great products that people will love. Well, thank you very much for your time, and it was great meeting you. Cool. I appreciate thank it. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks. That concludes this entry of Dev Diary. Be sure to subscribe to this feed, share it with your friends, and give us a five-star review to help boost the show up the charts for greater exposure. If you have any people you'd like me to reach out to and interview, then please find me at Paul James Games on Twitter to help me get in touch with them. Until our next episode, however... That's been Tim Willett's story. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.